listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. You're going to see, oh, hello. We're very relaxed, so we got our little chairs, and I got to have something so I can put my papers on it. She's long-winded. Let me just be sure to tell y'all. <laughs> so I hope you're ready for that. Yeah. But she she looks good today. She looks like a movie star. Is it me? Or is it Marvin? <laughs> I'm always on the rumble. <laughs> How y'all doing today? You good? Good. <clears throat> I'm here to tell you we serve a faithful God. He is good to us all. And y'all are a good looking bunch of people. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? He Faithful. is good. He is good. Lord, we thank you for the rain you sent our way. Yes, Lord. Thank you. We Jesus. just thank you, God, and we are blessed people because of you. God, we're nothing without you. That's right. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you very much. We're going to talk to you a little bit about faith. What builds your faith? What tears your faith down? Do y'all know what the uh, faith chapter is in he Hebrews? I heard one, yes. <laughs> chapter 1, chapter 11, I'm sorry, verse 1 and 3. The whole book of Hebrews is just more like built on faith. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained good and testimony. By faith we understand that the words, the worlds were formed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, that's tough. Usually, if I can't see it, touch it, or smell it, I don't have faith in it. But when it comes to God, I'm going to make this statement. I don't even believe you can be saved if you don't have faith that God is who he says he is. Yeah. The whole book of Hebrews talks about faith. And I don't think we can live this life without faith. I knew a young lady yesterday. She got a rope burn. It was bad, bad, bad. And she was squealing and hollering and fussing. And <laughs> I think her daddy even told her, says, if, just give it time. It'll be okay. And she's told him, she's, you just don't know how I feel. It hurts so bad. You don't know. He didn't know I was going to use that this morning. <laughs> But he knew what he was talking about because he had faith of what he was saying was the truth. But she didn't. But now her faith is built that he, daddy's pretty well smart. He knows what he's talking about. And this morning she got up, I think, and says, Oh, I need to apologize to daddy. He was right. <laughs> so faith is a good thing, and we need it for our everyday lives. I'm going to let Miss Hollywood talk to you a little bit now. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> today what we're hoping that you get from what we have to share is to move from your faith 
and our thoughts about and we sing about it all the time that God is faithful to us so how many of you believe that God's faithful to you yeah so like a hundred percent of the room believes that God is faithful to us so my question today for you is are you faithful to God let's move from having faith in him to being faithful to him okay so it, it's a pivot there so <clears throat> excuse me believing in God and being faithful to him are not the same uh, James 2 and 19 says that you say you have faith because you believe that there's one God well good for you even the devils, be devils believe in this and they tremble with terror so we know that the demons are not going to heaven so what makes our faith different than that what what makes our belief different from that there are things that we've added to that belief in God is trust we trust him and you know how many times have you heard people say and maybe you've said yourself I'll believe it when I can see it yep. so you know we trust God for our salvation and eternity and we're supposed to trust him for our day-to-day -day living but you know that's where our eyes get involved and when we don't see things working out the way we thought they should our faith can dwindle so I want to move on to um, also uh, Jesus saying in John 20 and 29, he said, you believe because you've seen me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And also Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. So let's talk about how we're going to move from walking in faith to being more faithful to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, number one. Uh, thing that can help you move into faithfulness is to ask the Lord to bring to your memory the times that he's helped you and took you out of a bad situation and showed you how or maybe just showed you how to do things a little different way I was raised in a traditional uh, church faith and you know I was taught how to how to pray but I was always praying defensively like oh Lord if it be your will um, Lord help me you know I didn't know how to pray aggressively and so one day uh, as an example um, Marvin had bought me this card that I wanted it was a, a Lincoln Continental Mark 6 it was a two-door yeah it was pretty it was red had a red interior but I drove that thing in the ground I drove it so long that I had to uh, pin the headliner up with pins because it was hanging down the doors it was a two-door so it was so heavy that the doors had to be fixed all the time uh, about 256 266 thousand miles on it <clears throat> well Marvin wasn't working as a welder at that time he was working for seven up dr. pepper and he was bringing home a check of about 200 maybe 250 dollars a week and so uh, speaking of not having much faith one day he came by the drive-through where I was working at the bank and he threw his check in there and he said well I quit today and it was like we had not talked about that <laughs> and so he said well I can make more money than this sitting under a tree welding so uh, at the house and so I had to have faith that he he could hear God and that he could do that and so things have worked out really great but anyway we were uh, we were about to lose the car the bank had sent us a repossession letter and you know they didn't want that old Lincoln Continental with all of that mess going on with it <clears throat> but I needed a car still so Marvin prayed and God gave him a plan 
How many of you know that if you need a way out of something, you can pray and God can give you a plan? So in this plan involves some puppies. We raise lab puppies, and um, Marvin had the opportunity to go weld one day on a Saturday, and this man was going to come get one of these puppies that was part of the money that was going to go toward the $1,500 we needed to pay the bank. Well, I told him I'll stay there all day, and so I was washing clothes, and I'm telling you, when you got skinny times, you learn to tell your kids, we're eating out of the freezer, don't ask for any extra money, go to the movies, or go to the rodeo, or go anywhere, because it's a skinny week. That's what I call them, it's a skinny week. And so I was being skinny with the dryer. I had a dryer, it ran great, but I didn't want to spend the extra pennies that it might have taken to to dry the clothes even. So I was hanging them out on the line. I couldn't find this dog. Oh my gosh, where's this dog? So here I am. I'm hanging up the clothes. I'm, oh Lord, just give me a vision. Give me a vision where that dog is and I'll go get it. You know, I just begging God. <clears throat> I hung out a couple of items and then I heard a voice in my head say, tell the devil to give it up. And that was my first experience with learning how to pray what we call spiritual warfare how to go against the enemy instead of just begging God for the answer. Sometimes you have to tell the devil no. Sometimes you have to tell the devil to give it up. There are times you have to be aggressive with your prayer and pray on the offense. So um, as I was turning around, as I was doing that, I, I stopped and I said, devil, give it up. And so I hung out the last towel and I turned around and there was that puppy. And so that was, and I'm telling you that because that's how my faith grew in order to fight in my prayers. <clears throat> so um, early on in our, in our life, uh, when Jason was eight months old, um, he pulled a percolator off on him at the babysitters. And um, it landed on his, he landed and it, all of that hot coffee landed on his side. And when she picked him up, uh, his, some of his skin came off in his shirt. So um, I did what all of us would probably do in a situation like that. Oh, Lord, what, if, what have I done? Is it the way I'm living that allowed this to happen? Okay, so, you know, we do that as human beings. We start to search ourselves, which is not a bad thing to do. I don't want to negate that because... If things are going not so good in your life, you do need to inspect yourself. The Word says if we judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. So you need to look at your life. Am I doing anything that would allow the enemy the opportunity to walk through an open door? Because you can open a door to the enemy in your life. <clears throat> so um, we got through that. And then when he was about five years old, we were taking him to stay at my mom and dad's for a week. He had his little bicycle with him. My parents at that time had 25 acres. They lived on five acres. And then the 20 acres was across this one lane county road. It was cleared off because my dad had cows. So it was cleared off. And then down here was a little clump of trees. And, um, the men, when they would, we'd go over there, they always went over, take a look at the cows, you know, ride around, look at the cows. Well, Jason wanted to do that. <clears throat> so he got on his bicycle, and it was about 50, 60 yards from the house to across the road. And um, Jason was going like 90 to nothing, high, high gear like he still is. Well, I heard in those woods the rumbling of a vehicle coming, and I knew it was a truck because I saw it. 
And as he was going headlong into that road, I heard a voice speak to me and say, he is your only child and I'm gonna kill him. And so because of having the experience before of how to fight the devil, I said, no, and I said, stop, Jason. And he stopped as the truck goes by. So he wouldn't be here today if I hadn't known how to stop that. You know, it's a spiritual battle. And sometimes, you know, God stays his hand and sometimes he doesn't. I don't understand that. Well, I'll understand it when we get to heaven. There's something we don't know in this life. So anyway, we go on and then he's six years old and he decides he's going to play in the smoke where the garbage is dumped, where we would throw our garbage in this gully and burn it. And um, there was an aerosol can that exploded. That can exploded and it blew into his face all the fire. And there I came home from work uh, and Marvin had been there with him and he met me at the door and he said there's been an accident. And of course, having already known what the enemy had tried to do to my child, I was thinking the worst, you know. So uh, I walked, it was bad. And we didn't have cell phones then. So it's not like he could call me on the way my way home from work. You know, I had to wait till I got there. Well, um, I walk in and I see my son, six years old, laid out on the sofa. And I looked at his face and it was about as gray as this carpet. And um, from being burned, he had no eyelashes, no eyebrows, his little forehead up here, his hair was singed. And we started calling, I called my daddy, got him on the phone, we called our neighbor, um, all to pray. And we took the phone over by Jason, his little eyes were stuck together and his little mouth was stuck together. And um, as my daddy was praying, um, it was like a, it was like one of those old timey round window shades that just rolls up and down. And it just, it rolled down from here and as it went down his face, it, his color returned. It got to his eyes, his eyes popped open. It got to his mouth and his mouth popped open. And he started saying, thank you God for not letting me die. I feel sorry for people that's gonna go to hell because I know what it's like to be on fire. A six-year-old for 30 minutes, he praised God for letting him live. Now, was it something that could have caused his death? No, but it could have disfigured his face so badly that he wouldn't want to even be in public. But God didn't do that. Y'all look at him all the time. You see his face. Yes, thank you. You see his face. And I knew enough from the first burn that we had to debride his skin. And the only scar that he has is up here where I debrided a little too close to fresh healing, you know, and made a little scar. Will you open that for me? Thank you, baby. Um, So, we go from that and now he's thank you he's 16 and um he's playing baseball jason was a great baseball player he was moved to varsity when he was a freshman because he had such a good bat he was the dh for our school and um he was really good because we had two boys from jasper that went pro right out of high school so it wasn't like he was playing with some little team that didn't they went to district playoffs regionals all the time so, uh, and even a New York Yankee scout told me, yeah, you know, I was there looking at your left-handed pitcher, but I noticed that catcher. I said, yes, my boy. He said, he was excellent. He said, but he just wasn't fast enough and he's, he's too short. You know, they look for guys now that are like football players. So anyway, um, 
he was getting a little depressed his junior year. A lot of things were going on and a lot of stress going on. And uh, Coach had changed his stance and his bat wasn't as good. And he was getting, you know, bullied by the seniors because, you know, it's their senior year and they want to go to playoffs and Jason's bat's not as good as it was and yada, yada. Well, we had bought him a um, – we had bought a, a red – Camaro when he was 12 so that we'd have it paid off so we could afford to let him drive it when he was 16. <laughs> but uh, one night coming home, I stayed up and waited for him to come in. And um, when he came in, I could see on his face something was bad wrong. And he said, Mama, would you just hold me? And I said, what is wrong, Jason? And he said, on the way home, an 18-wheeler was coming, and I just about just pulled my car over in front of it. He said, I'm really struggling. So what Marvin and I did was the next night, we were at a house of our friends with people that knew how to fight the devil and how to come against depression in your kids. And I'm telling you what, we told that devil to go, and, and I don't know that Jason has ever had that kind of depression ever happen again. And so you need to learn, and, and your experiences, we learn how to grow our faith mostly through adversity. I'm sorry, yeah. folks, but that's about where you learn it. Uh, I wish that we were all just so great that God could just speak to us and we never had a problem, but that's not going to happen. If you haven't had problems, I mean, honestly, every one of you, if we could get you, you know, Marvin and I in a room together with you and you, could, you felt comfortable to tell us all what's going on with your life, every one of you in this room would have something that you're struggling with. And so God knows that adversity comes and conflicts and crises come, but he is there to teach us how to move forward in it and to grow our faith from that place for the next crisis that comes because we don't know what tomorrow holds okay i hope to live a long time i've seen myself in a vision with gray hair and i'm saying to a group of people oh the things my eyes have seen and so that means that i had my right mind and i was at least 88 so i know i'm not going to die before then but i want to be like paul when he says that I am poured out. Paul was really facing the time of death. You know, he said, I am poured out like a drink offering. I have fought the fight. I have kept the faith. And what's laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. But he also says, not only for me, but for all of you. And so we all have that waiting for us, but we do need to remain faithful. So the next thing that I want to share about it is number two, is to remain loyal and putting loyalty into constant practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. So I kind of hit on that, but, um, you know, we're all going to face financial difficulty, relationship difficulty, personal battles, but let your faith rise and have confidence that God loves you and cares about what you're experiencing and that somehow he'll make a way for you. Um, because of the experience we had with Jason, when Jason calls us and baby Will is six weeks old, and he's not breathing. They've both done CPR. He's not breathing. The ambulance comes, and finally the EMT gets baby Will breathing. They get him to the hospital and find out he's got viral meningitis. And the minute he called us was when he was following behind the ambulance saying, oh, please pray. He was just, um, you can imagine, you know how you would do if it were your baby. And Marvin and I began to pray like never before. I'm telling you what, I screamed out no to the devil, and I'm telling you, it was a battle. There was a battle for his life. And there was concern that maybe it would affect perhaps his 
capacities. But I'm telling you what, the child is smart as a whip. He, re he looks at YouTube and he, he looks at science stuff on YouTube. He, one day Jason was talking to him and he said something, I don't know about gravity, but when Jason said, well, Will, do you know what, yada, yada, he said, yeah, it's gravity. Like, you know, yeah, Dad, I know that. That's elementary. But anyway, <laughs> he's super smart, and um, so God intervened in that. So, see, that's just another faith-building thing. So I want you to look at your lives, and I want you to see where God has done something for you, and it's grown faith from, from faith, okay, like glory to glory. So uh, number three, faithfulness requires commitment and availability. We need to stay committed to God and our faith in him and be able to add our faith and prayers and encouragement for others. That's where Pastor Jason talks about moving into significance. You want your faith to be so grown that you can be significant in someone else's life and show them how to be faithful to God by building their faith. Um, the Lord gave me a promise in 2014. Marvin was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer, and he had had six he had six surgeries that year. He broke well. He first had carpal tunnel surgery. He had um, uh, argon poisoning. He broke his ribs two times. Uh, he got diagnosed with. Um, colon cancer, and then a week, we were in church on us that following Sunday, and the Lord told me during praise and worship, which he will speak in praise and worship, so during praise and worship, y'all have your ears open, because he wants to speak to you, and uh, so he said to me, don't worry about a thing, I'm going to take care of everything, so there's my promise, like he gave to other people in the Bible, you know, all those people in the Bible, they were regular people just like you and me, they weren't special, they they just were like us so he said that to me and i never worried about marvin about his cancer um but i did worry when i looked at our checkbook and our mortgage was coming due and um he had only worked maybe about six months out of that year because he had been sick all year i mean he slept in the recliner probably at least half the year so anyway um <laughs> so um, anyway the Lord took care of the cancer just like he promised and um, they got everything he didn't have to have any chemo or any radiation and still is cancer free after all this time but I will tell you that when I went to work uh, the bank president who was also a, a family friend of ours uh, greeted me back and he said is there anything you need after he asked how Marvin is there anything you need and I said well I'm, I might need some money. So here's God Gwen trying to fix it. Jason had preached a message a few years before that where it said, whenever you are in a crisis, the God you trust comes to the surface. And it's like, oh. So as I was saying that to Eddie, that was coming in my head. The Lord was speaking in my head while stuff was coming out of my mouth. So I had to pivot and realize that I was trusting in myself. Well, I came home. That was my first day back at work. So I come home, and Marvin is having some anxiety. I said, why don't you go get a shower and shave? I think you'll feel better. While he was in the shower, I had a knock at the door. It was one of my dear friends, longtime friend. She said, I've been praying for you and Marvin. And she said, the Lord told me that he's seen your seed, and it's time for your harvest. So here's where I want to bring in faith and works. Faith without works is dead. Yep. It's dead. 
because if you have that kind of faith, you're going to be sowing seeds. You're going to be investing in other people. You're going to be doing the things that God has asked you to do. So Marvin and I had for years been faithful to the Lord. We had been. Had we been faithful 100% of the time? No. Is he faithful 100% of the time? Yes. But we're human and we're not. We don't wake up in the morning. If you love Jesus, are you waking up in the morning and saying, how can I sin today? No. We're not doing that. We're waking up, how can we please him today? So there's some difference. So anyway... um, my friend knocks at the door, the Lord's senior seed, it's time for you a harvest, is what he said, and he told me to give you this check. It was a check for $10,000. So needless to say, I didn't have to worry about my mortgage, and I didn't have to work around setting up some notes on a vehicle, you know, so that, you know, we could just pay the interest and add the principal to the end. So God took care of us, and I also learned during that time that I had a cancer policy I forgot about that paid us another $7,000. So by the end of the year, we had a great Christmas. I mean, I wasn't thinking we was even going to get to buy one present for our grandbabies, you know, and that's important to grandparents. So anyway, God showed me that he would take care of it, and so that was a big lesson for me. And I also, ladies, let me just tell you this. One time, I was struggling with my husband, any of y'all ever do that? I know. He is a wonderful husband, but I tell you, I was struggling with him. And um, this pastor that visited us, it was a church that covered one of our churches that we uh, started years ago, 1987. And I, I guess I was complaining about something. I don't know. But he said, I know what your problem is, but you probably don't want to hear it. And I said, yeah, I want to hear it. He said, you don't trust God in your husband. So, you know, when you hear something like that, you got to consider it. Those people are on the outside looking in. They're on the outside looking in. They don't maybe have all the information, and that's okay. But if they say something to you that strong, you better look at yourself. That's what I'm talking about when I say whoever is up here speaking. We, we want whoever is listening to take what we're saying. Jesus is the standard, not me and Marvin. What works in our marriage might not work in your marriage. No two people are alike. Uh, We mostly tell you what not to do. Uh, (laughs) But uh, anyway, if we would judge ourselves, not our husband, our wife, our kids, whomever is sitting next to you that you may know stuff going on in their life, if you would judge yourself, The word says if we judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. And that's by God, not necessarily other people. Now, I will throw this in. Your works, whatever you're doing, you know, can be judged by the level of morality. There are are standards that are set in the world, and we know some of those standards. You got to not do them because you'll end up in jail. So, anyway, um, let me move on from that. But, you know, God took care of it. And so that Saturday, I was out mowing our yard after the lady gave us the check. And I was mowing the yard and thanking the Lord for it, for the gift. And um, he spoke to me and he said, I've seen your seed, but what I'm honoring is your faithfulness. And I'm telling you, I went in the house. I said, Marvin, you know, this is what God is saying. He said that he's, he's honoring our faithfulness. And I just never thought about God looking at me and thinking that, you know, that was a heavy, that was a heavy word. 
And so, um, anyway, we learn of God's faithfulness through adversity. I've said that already. And experiencing God's faithfulness during difficult times teaches us to trust and have confidence in the future. Now, Marvin has some things that he wants to share about killing your faith. You want the paper? He had a paper, but I don't know where it is. It's in my pocket. Because oh. he can use mine. <laughs> but see, I told you, it's in my pocket. Look. That's okay. You don't have to prove it. Look, there it is. But hers is not folded up and wrinkled up. I'll read it. Can y'all hear me? I wanted to talk to you a few things, uh, a little while about a few things that would kill your faith. And um, it's kind of tough, but, you know, we, we're going to survive and we're going to be faithful. The first thing that would kill your faith, I think, would be fear. Fear is terrible. Fear will destroy everything in you and about you if you let it. So how do you overcome fear? You be faithful to what God has called you to do. Yes. Let me use Jonah for a minute. As a, uh, can you imagine? Uh, do y'all know who Jonah was? He 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 was a guy that was after God's own heart. He he loved God, and he he wanted to please God. But God told him to go somewhere, and he didn't want to go. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that was about. And uh, he was he was fearful. He was fearful to go. But he thought the people would chew him up and spit him out. In other words, well, you know that would make you fearful, thinking people didn't like you. You know, when I was young, I would think, well, I don't want to do that. I, I think people wouldn't like that, and I would be feared of what was supposed to, I was supposed to do. So, um, Jonah said, I'm not going to go. So he got on a, bo a boat and went somewhere else. He was supposed to go to Nineveh, but he w that boat wasn't headed that way. A uh, storm came. Waves were dipping and a diving and juking and a jiving, and it was just a big storm. Well, all the other guys were thinking, what in the world? What causes this? Let's pray to our gods, and, and he'll, they'll save us. But they were praying to the wrong god. So they woke Jonah up because they knew he had a different god than what they had. And he told them, says, look, the storm is because of me. I know it is. So just throw me over, and the sea will calm. And that's what they did. They picked him up and threw him over. But as he was going over the rail of that boat, can you imagine the fear oh that was coming in his mind? I should have obeyed God and just done what he said. But instead, I'm about to die. But guess what, y'all? If God's got a plan for you, you're not going to die. Come on. You're not going to die. He had a big fish prepared for him. The fish swallowed him whole, took him to Nineveh, Nineveh and spit him out on the ground like a seed, you know, like a spit of watermelon seed out. I can imagine that in my head. <laughs> Jonah, here you are. So uh, he learned. I bet he learned a lot of faith then. Another one is doubt and unbelief. 
that kind of brings a lot of tears to my eyes because doubt is doubt is bad. People see doubt on you and unbelief on you, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to be want to be around you because doubt will kill you. Unbelief will kill you. Another one is sin. We're going to use somebody here that really pretty tough dude. But sin almost destroyed him and the Israelites. And that guy's name is Samson. Do you remember him? Remember who Samson was? He was a Nazarite from birth. And that was a, a high religious organization that was back then that uh, God used those people. But his strength came from not cutting his hair. He had long hair, kind of like, well, mine ain't that long, is it? He had long hair, <laughs> and he was strong. The, the Palestinians couldn't take him. They couldn't defeat him, and he was just a bad dude. Well, anyway, uh, guess what happened to him? He got with the wrong person. Can you hear what I'm saying? He got with the wrong person. And that person's only only reason for being around him was that she was to destroy him or tell the people, the, the Philistines, what to do to kill him. And that's what she wanted to find out. She asked him all the time, what is the secret to your strength? What is the secret to your strength? And he finally got tired of the nagging and told her, said, my hair is a secret to my strength. So she cut it off that night without him knowing it. Yeah. And the next day, the Philistines come in, and she's hollering and screaming, here comes the Philistines, they're going to attack you. Well, he got up to fight like he always does, but they overcame him. They plucked out his eyes, and they made a slave out of him the rest of his life. Because of his sin, not listening to God and doing what God wanted him to do in the first place. But, here's the ending of the story. That sin didn't destroy him because he had faith in who God was and knew what God had called him to do. At the end of his life, he gave his life to save the Israelites by pushing on a column here and a column here with both hands so that the building would fall and kill everybody in it. And he killed himself. But that faith that he had in God to do what he was supposed to do was pretty awesome, I think, at that time to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. I don't have a clue if I could do that. What does God want you to do? How does he want to bless you? Remember the faith that it's going to take to be saved. Remember the faith it's going to take to be walking this life. Remember the faith that it's going to take to do your everyday things that God has called you to do. I know God speaks to you or you wouldn't be here. So, listen, discern, and act what you're hearing on, yes. and your faith will be built. Yes. I promise you that. Amen. You got something else? Yes. Let me finish up. She needs. She I'll needs tie it up with too. a bow. Okay. So... 
the whole book of James speaks of the development of our faith, and that's a good book for y'all to read this week. Um, and there are several uh, ways that it does that. It tells of the purpose of our testing, the source of our temptations, how faith obeys the word of God, how faith removes discrimination, how it proves itself by works, it controls the tongue, it produces wisdom, produces humility, produces dependence on God, it endures awaiting Christ's return, it prays for the sick and confronts an erring brother or sister. And I think that if we all would read that, that the Lord would show us how to grow our faith and become more faithful to him. So three things that I would like for you to take away today is to remember to bring your mind to things that God has done for you. Times where your faith started out maybe small and then how it grew to something bigger. Also, to remind others of what God has done for them. If you have someone that you have relationship with and that you've known them for a little while, you can remember where God's brought them through so that you can encourage them to continue to grow in that way. And remember God's promises and stay in those promises. Because like I shared with you all ago, God gave me a promise and he healed my husband and he also took care of everything. And so he will take care of your everything. So today, I hope that the Holy Spirit will speak to you about areas in your life where you need your faith to grow and move from your faith into faithfulness. So let's stand together. I'd like our prayer team to come forward. If any of you need prayer today, please come and, and ask for prayer. And I pray that this week you will be encouraged by this message. I pray that things would happen to you this week that would speak of faith and that would help you grow your faith. Let me say this one thing before we pray. That our God is a God of more than enough. Yeah. And He promises in His Word that He would take care of you. He promises you that. Yeah. But our faith has to be built up to where we believe that. Yeah. And we know that. So stand on your faith. Stand on it. This is what God said, and I'm going to stand on it. Please do. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this time. God, we ask you for your spirit to fall on us, be on us, be about us. God, we ask that you would help us be a blessing to someone else this week. Show us your will, your way, and give us wisdom, Lord. I ask you for it in the name of Jesus. Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.